I think this will really speak to us and just give us some power to to be able to walk in 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 the excitement of who we are in Christ. Uh, sometimes it's easy to forget. Sometimes it's easy for the cares of this world to come in and and uh, you know face different things. And and we uh, it can be easy to take our eyes off of who we are sometimes and, and look at circumstances of life and um, difficulties and financial problems and health problems and 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 it, the problems can interfere you know and and so sometimes it's good for us to be reminded of those i still want to get back to the priesthood of believers at some point i plan on preaching that message but today is not today so let's start in matthew chapter five and i got a lot of scripture verses to look at um and I thought about apologizing for that, but how do you apologize for going through lots of scripture verses? <laughs> so, so you always get your calisthenic workout. I give everybody a tour of the Bible every week. Um, but they're all in the New Testament, and uh, it'll be somewhat in order. So we'll start in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. And uh, Matthew 5, 13, it talks about how in the NIV version, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. And, and the first thing that we are in Christ uh, that we're going to look at today is the salt of the earth. And salt is such an amazing mineral. Because not only can it be used for flavor within food, but it's also a preservative. And it's also a necessary nutrient that we need to have in our body. I mean, our bodies are mostly salt water. So uh, without salt, we would die. Now, we don't think about it so much with American culture and, and our diets. We get so much sodium in our diets that we don't really think about the fact that we got to have the salt to live. But when you got it go into the Old Testament times, times of Christ, a salt was a valuable mineral that they had. And it was something that was, that they had whole markets that were built on salt because it was such an important thing to have. Uh, we get so much in our diet, we don't even have to think about it because, uh, if anything, we get too much salt probably in our diets today. Uh, but, it, but it is an essential nutrient. It is something that preserves food. It is something that gives flavor to food. And, and in the word here in, in Matthew, it says that if it loses its saltiness, then what good is it? I mean, if salt isn't salt, who needs it? If salt isn't bringing out the flavor of the food, then what good is it? He says just to be trampled on the ground. And so... As the fact that we are the salt of the earth, it is so important for us to, to let our lives affect uh, the world around us. Another thing that, that Jesus would liken it to is like leaven. You know, he talks about leaven. The leaven of the Pharisees would leaven the whole lump. The leaven, uh, as a negative thing, could you put a little bit of leaven into the, the bread and it makes the whole lump get big. Well, as a positive thing, it's the same way, too, as we have leaven. As we have, we don't need a lot of salt to add flavor to something. And, and that is what we are supposed to be. And then he talks about, in verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. We are the light of the world. The light of the world. The way the world is going to have light, the way the world is going to see, is by us shining forth our light. Not just shining forth uh, light in itself, but that they can see the good deeds 
that we do. Now, we don't do good deeds in order to be saved. We don't do works in order to earn our salvation. Our salvation is in Christ. Christ is the one that earned us our salvation. He is the one that did paid the price. But now that we have eternal life, we have the opportunity to be able to do good deeds and to be able to glorify God through the works that we do. And it's, and it's a blessing and it's a joy for us. It's not a burden. It's not something that we're required to do as a requirement for salvation. It's something that we have the opportunity to be able to do in order to give back to God something that he's given to us and, and let those good deeds be done. And so it says that we are the light of the world and that the, the way the world can see that when you take a, a lamp and you put it on a lampstand, it would light the whole room. And the darker it is, the brighter the light shines. Uh, how many of you know that it's, we're living in some dark times these days? Yeah. I mean, the darkness is doing its job very well. The, the darkness is successful and, and has pervaded uh, American culture and the world. We're, we're at a point now where even uh, our relationships with Israel is, as a nation is being on shaky ground, the worst that it's ever been. Yeah. I mean, the darkness is everywhere. And how important it is, is it for us to be that light and to let it shine forth? We are the light of the world. You understand, if the world is going to have light, if it's going to see what's happening, it's going to be because of us. It's going to be through us. Uh, God gave us that uh, calling. God gave us that mission uh, to be the light. And uh, we can't expect angels to go and do it. Uh, Jesus already did his part. It's time for us to let that light shine forth, and it's so important for us to do that and to let our good deeds be seen. Uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, where uh, as we prepare for these last days, as the, as the birth pains are going forth, that we're ready to help people, that we're ready to, to give, that we're ready to, to take of what God gives to us and share it with others. As we're ready to heal those that are brokenhearted, as we're ready to bring the, the healing power of God into the lives of those that are, that are sick and hurting, as we're ready to bring joy to those that are in sorrow and, and, and all those things that we have the opportunity to do as, as we are the light of the world. In uh, John chapter 1, should go pretty much in order of the gospel and such here. And of course, I'm not going to hit everything that we are in Christ because we just don't have that kind of time. But John chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 12. John 1, 12. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. And, and here we see that through the word of God, through the faith in his word, we have the rights to become the children of God, and we are children of God. We have gotten from the Father a new life that has brought us into his kingdom, and we are children of God. We're not just children of our earthly parents, but we are children of a Father in heaven. And, and to think about that, and to think about the, the aspects of, of who God is, and that, that He is willing to be our Father. Uh, and not just in word, but in deed. He brought new life to us. The same Holy Spirit that, that overshadowed Mary and brought Jesus into this world, and, and let Him be the firstborn 
among many brethren, the, the begotten of God, that same Holy Spirit comes into us and brings us into the relationship with God as children of God. Uh, do you realize that, that, that God the Father loves us not just as children, but He loves us because we are His children. It, it's not just a, an idea. It's not just a, a thought. It's a reality Amen. that God is our Father. Thank God. You know, it's, it's nice that we had earthly parents and, and they did what they could with, you know, what they had. And hey, you know, let's face it, our parents had a lot of obstacles they had to overcome and they had a lot of problems. And, and some of them did better jobs than others. But man, God himself is our father and we are children of God. And as children of God, uh, we are able to realize that that has come from the Spirit of God and the power of God and, and that we have a spiritual life now inside of us and, and that death that happened at, at the, the first sin with Adam and Eve when they, when they rebelled against God and there was that death, that spiritual death that came in. We have now life as children of God. Um, take a look in, in John chapter 15. Yes. That point, mm -hmm. what you were saying about you know our earthly parents versus our spiritual yeah. father, and that you know my mother worked two jobs most of the time when the kids were grown up. I saw very little of my of my parents. Didn't know my father at all until after I was grown and divorced my first husband. And the point being is that you know a lot of the things that it did. Uh, when I was growing up, didn't realize what would maybe been right or wrong. But when I had that spiritual baptism mm -hmm. through Christ Jesus, this I was filled with such a spirit, and He would speak to me, and He would let me know what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge, huge difference. Right. In in that, you know, and, and I just wanted to to testify to that, and that it is something that's very real if you're if you're in tune to it and are willing to. Be still and know I'm God. Yeah. It is there. And it's it's just makes the hair on my <laughs> well, and, and the big difference is, is our earthly parents, they could only govern from the outside. That's it. They can only tell you, say what they know. And, and they only, you know, they they had problems. They, they had parents that they had to deal with, and, yeah. and they had problems, and... And but with the spirit of God, it's from the inside, mm -hmm. and and if we let that strength come from the inside, that's where real strength is. That's where real power is, and uh, and so it is uh, powerful, and 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 can teach us things that nobody else can teach us. No 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 human being can teach us. Um, uh, John chapter fifteen. Thanks for sharing this. John chapter fifteen verse five. It says, uh, Jesus is speaking, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If any man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And the, the point there is that we are the branches. We are, we are part of God's uh, fruitfulness in this world. He's the vine. He's the one that supplies us with the nutrients. He's the one that supplies us with the strength. He's the one that supplies us, you know, we just talked about the spirit inside of us. But then we are the branches and we bear fruit. The, the fruit of God that is going out into the world is through us. The, the food that, that is there, we talked about last week, you know, seed for the sower and food for the eater. You know, that, that food, that seed that's produced 
is through us. We're the ones that are going to bring the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the, the goodness. Uh, all those fruit of the Spirit come through us. And the way that the world experiences, the way that our neighbors experience it, the way that our friends and our enemies experience it, is through us. Uh, thank God. Do you know that, that God's wanting to bless your enemies through you? The people that are the most strongest against you, God wants you to show love to, and that is the way He is planning on affecting their lives through your power. Uh, you know, let's let's heap them them coals upon their head by by loving and and having a joy and praying for those that despitefully use us, loving those who who hate us. You know, let let us realize that the, the ones that are most strongest against us, God's put in our lives so that we can bring fruit to them. And God loves them just as much as He loves you. And the way that they're going to experience the power of God is through our lives. Uh, the, and in the same way, the good. Uh, we've talked about, you know, the, the few weeks back when we had the, the message on fellowship. You know, the way that we grow from each other is by sharing that fruit, sharing that love with each other, strengthening one another. As iron sharpens iron uh, is the way it is with us. And that's why it's so important for us to gather together. That's why it's so important for us to share things that are happening in our lives and to pray for one another and to, to love one another. And so so we are the branches, and we are the ones that, that bring forth that, that fruit and bear that fruit. And it's so important for us to, to let the fruit uh, be fulfilled. Look at um, 15, verse 15. John 15, verse 15. It says, I no longer call you servants. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Because the servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. And here Jesus says that he calls us friends. Um, wow. To, to be a friend of God, there, there was a song that came out a few years ago that was really popular. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Um, can, can, can you imagine the fact that, that God is willing to call you a friend? That he says, you're not a stranger anymore, but you are my friend. Wow. That, that he would pick us. Remember, your friends you can pick. You can pick your friends and you can pick your... No, no, that's not. <laughs> that, that's not the right saying. Um, <laughs> your family you're born with, but friends you get to pick. And God actually picks us as friends. I mean, uh, amazingly enough, knowing all the times you're going to be stupid, all the times you're going to make mistakes, all the times that we were going to rebel against him, all the times we were going to mistreat him and, and take him for granted, all the things that are going to happen in our lives. He knew all those things ahead of time, and he still says, I pick you as a friend. I want you to be uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, wow. Uh, to, to imagine the fact that, that Jesus would do that. Uh, Jesus could pick anybody as a friend. He has that, that ability, that option. But yet, he picked me. You know, he picked you. Uh, wow. Praise God for that. Uh, look, look at verse 16. He says, you, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then my Father will give you whatsoever you ask in my name. This is a verse we looked at uh, just recently when we were talking about knocking and asking and um, uh, seeking. Uh, and that we would find, we looked at this verse. And here, you know, he chose us. 
And he chose us to be able to bear that fruit. So not only are we the branch, but he has decided that we would be the ones to bear fruit. Do you know that you have the opportunity to have love in your life, self-control, goodness, mercy, all these things, all these fruits of the Spirit? God wants you to be productive in those fruit of the Spirit, and he wants you to be able to share them with other people. Um, let us take this as a challenge to say, God, you know, as we look at this time of gardens being planted and all that, God, plant fresh in me your fruit of your spirit and, and, and show me, Lord, people that I can show love to, that I, that I can walk in mercy with, that I can, man, you know, help me have that self-control, Lord, when it comes to whatever. I mean, for me, it's eating right now, you know. I need, need better self-control. <laughs> uh, you know, just, there you go. <laughs> decisions. We all have those areas. And you know, Lord, uh, I want to do it for your glory, uh, for your honor. And, and and Jesus, I want to do it because look at how obedient you were to the Father and, and how willing you were to cho choose me. And, and you want me to be fruitful. So, Father, help me to be fruitful. You know, wow, what, what a powerful thing. Uh, he's chosen us. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and following. And again, there's so many other scripture verses we could look at as we think about who we are in Christ. It's just amazing. One of the verses that, that really speaks to me is, uh, there's a verse that says, We are the fullness of Him who fills everything. We are the fullness of Him who fills everything. I mean, God doesn't need anything to fill everything, and yet... We are the fullness of Him. Wow. I mean, that, that's just a powerful verse for me. And I just, it, it, it strikes me every time I think of that. But Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Because those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For we did not receive the Spirit that makes us slaves again to fear, but you received the Spirit of sonship, and by it we cry, Abba, Father. And again, we talked about being children of God, and, and here again is, is the emphasis. It's such an important aspect that I, that I bring it up again, that we are sons of God, and that we receive that, that spirit, not of slavery, but the spirit of freedom, and a spirit that cries, Abba, Father. This is such an intimate title of Father. Uh, it's, it's the most, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know, in our terminology, we'd say like Papa or Dada or, or something like that. It's a very intimate, close saying that, that only the son would say to the father. And that, that relationship that's just so intimate and so close and in their most private, most intimate time. And, and that is the way the spirit is within us as he cries out to God, Abba, Father. Uh, I, I can't even emphasize strong enough. Uh, the intimacy that, that is uh, entailed in that verse of Scripture and, and, and the way that we are the sons of God. Uh, thank God that He chose us and He gave us that Spirit within us. Thank God that He gave us the Spirit, that we are not on our own. You know, like you talked about, the Spirit being in there and, and, and bringing conviction and, and guiding us. Oh, yeah, the Counselor, the Comforter, uh, the Teacher, the, the one to remind us of all things that, 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 that He taught. You know, when I think about the Spirit being in our lives as, as children of God and as sons of God, and the Holy Spirit is the one that wrote the Scripture. I mean, if you want to know what a book means and what it's talking about, talk to the author. 
That's the best way to find out. I, I know there was, uh, I believe it was Walt Rip Whitman, and he wrote a, a poem once. And within the poem, he says, good fences make good neighbors. And we've heard that saying, good fences make good neighbors. And the funny thing is, is within that poem, he was saying what a negative thing that was, not a positive thing. But so many people have taken it as a positive and said, yeah, good fences make good neighbors, you know. And he was trying to emphasize the opposite that we should be able to hug and reach over these fences and not have to have them. But if you know the author, you're going to get the message. And it's so important that we get that Holy Spirit within us that is the author, and so that we know what, what the Scripture says. When we're reading this, it's not just us reading it, but the Holy Spirit right there. And, and can bring the remembrance. And, and like Sue shared, you know, he, man, how many times can you read a verse, you know, and, and read it again, and also something new comes out, and something fresh comes out, because it's living and active. And, and I thank God for that spirit within us, that spirit of, of adoption, that spirit of sonship, that's Christ, Abba, Father. Um, and then in, uh, in verse 17, it goes on. Uh, well, I'll go, I'll go ahead and read 16 too, because it all ties together. The Spirit himself testifies to our spirit, that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, and in order that we may also share in His glory. And here, it talks about us being heirs of God uh, and co-heirs with Christ. The, the, the firstborn male son was the one that received the inheritance, the greater portion, the greater blessing of the inheritance. And that's who Jesus was. And He receives that inheritance of God and we are co-heirs with Christ. We have uh, an inheritance that comes from God. Can you imagine? I mean, there's people I've known that, that look for their parents to an inheritance or their grandparents for some kind of inheritance and things. Oh boy, when I get that money, then it's going to be so much easier in my life. Man, we have God as our, as our guarantee. Or, and we get an inheritance from Him. Thank God that we get our co-heirs with Christ. I, I can't even imagine. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is his, uh, and yet we're heirs with him. Yeah, I, I think about the story of the man who wanted to. He was very wealthy, and he made a deal, and he was able to take his gold up to heaven. And he gets up to the gates, and you know Peter comes and greets him at the pearly gates, and he's got all these bags of gold, and Peter's like, well, what do you got there? And he looks in the bag, and he says, oh, pavement. <laughs> what did you bring pavement for? <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, great, bring all that gold with you. Um, no, thank God that we have an inheritance with God, and that, that we are co-heirs with Christ. Um, look in 1 Corinthians. Everybody doing all right? Is this, you getting something? Okay, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, it says, Don't you know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? And verse 17, And if anyone destroys the temple, God will destroy him, and the temple is sacred, and you are that temple. And, and here it is, an importance of understanding how the Spirit of God lives inside of us, that we are the temple of God. Remember before... Solomon built the temple, and they had the great and amazing temple that, that was there at the time of Jesus. And even the disciples said, man, look at how wonderful this temple is. Look how beautiful it is. And Jesus says, you know, you can destroy this temple, but I'll rebuild it in three days. Speaking of himself, speaking of his flesh, and, and the fact that he was a temple of God. And when Jesus was crucified, remember that the temple veil was ripped. And, 
yeah, top to bottom. And that curtain was not some small curtain. It was very thick. It was very heavy. It wasn't something that would just rip. There's no way you could have oxen on both sides pulling it, and they wouldn't have ripped it. That's how strong it was. It was very strong. And yet God was opening up the way into the Holy of Holies, and he was saying, no longer am I going to dwell in this temple, but you are going to be the temple of God. We are the temple of God. God made manifest in this world is inside of us. The Holy Spirit of God is there, and the way the world is going to experience the Spirit of God is through us. That's the only way He's doing it. He's not manifesting Himself in other ways. It's through us. And where two or three are gathered together, there He is in the midst. You want to see the power of God? You want to experience the reality of God? You want to experience the love of God? You need to experience it through us. And that's the way the world's going to experience it. And that's why it's so important for us to foster that, to, to explore that, to, to let the Holy Spirit just bubble out of us. Let it be that spring of living water that, that comes up inside of us. Let, let it be that place where people can come and partake of and drink of the, the Spirit that is in our lives. Let it be that, that fruit of the Spirit. Uh, notice the, the recurring theme, theme that all these things that we are, are something that is there to share with others, to, to glorify God uh, through our good deeds and, and, and through helping others, through loving others, through, through letting that spirit just touch others. We are the temple of God. If you're looking for God, remember what happens in the last days, what people will say? They say, here is God. There is God. You know, go out in the desert. You're going to find God out there. Come over here. You're going to experience God. Ah. You want to experience God? It's going to be through His people. And you really want to experience God? Surrender your life to Jesus and accept His forgiveness. Bow your knee here on this world while you still have breath because you're going to bow in heaven anyway. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And so you might as well do it while you're alive and breathing. And you can experience that forgiveness of God, and you can experience the power of God. You can experience the salvation of God. You can experience the love of God. Oh, thank God that we are the temple of God. Uh, verse or chapter six, First uh, Corinthians, chapter six. First Corinthians, chapter six, verse seventeen. First Corinthians six seventeen says, "But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with Him in spirit." And again, um, I, I don't think we can emphasize enough the fact of the power of the Spirit in our lives. But it says that we are one with Him in spirit. There is one Spirit. There is one faith. There is one baptism. You know, it's 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 not a bunch of different ones out there. Uh, and that Holy Spirit of God in our lives, and for everyone. Who knows God? Everyone who is saved, everyone that has a relationship with God, it's the same spirit. You could go to a church that's called a Baptist church. You could go to an Assembly of God church. You could go to a Presbyterian church. You could go to a Methodist church. 